Controversy about a player who doesn't want to come. Controversy about a player who doesn't want to stay. Disgruntlement about owners that have loaded the club with debt and more leaks than a Tory leadership contest. Can Eric Ten Hag cut through all of the drama and the nonsense at Manchester United or will the Old Trafford whirlpool of crap drag him in and spit him out? I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. There's no whirlpool of crap when it comes to my top-tipping team. Mark O'Hare's been pulling all-nighters in the Bet Cave to get ready for the new campaign. Mark, there are some encouraging things already under Ten Hag, I have to say. He signed Lisandro Martinez, Tyrell Malassia from Dutch football players. He knows they've played some good stuff in pre-season. But ahead of Sunday's clash with Brighton, there's still plenty in the intray. Definitely so. Uh, it's a massive task for Ten Hag. Um, he's going to need time and the early reports are, are promising. And I think one thing is, is really encouraging too is that supposedly uh, the players have all really been enjoying pre-season training and, and his methods. There's been no major leaks coming out of the club for, for a while, which is you know a first really compared to what we heard last season. So but this is a, a huge overhaul, a huge transformation. It's going to take time. And but I think uh, if we do step back, we said it last season, at the beginning of the season under Solskjaer, they had plenty of players in that squad of ability with potential and experience too. So um, certainly United can, can dream of, of reaching the top four. Whether they'll get there or not, I'm not sure. I think it's going to take time, as I keep saying. But he wants to play a possession-based style of football. I, I do think that can leave teams a little bit vulnerable in defensive transitions. And I think he's going to need better central midfielders than those he currently has. Um, so still, there's work to be done. Um, obviously, the long chase for Frankie Dion looks like it's not going to happen. So um, you'd assume they'll have targets elsewhere. But you know, we've said it for how many seasons now. But that central midfield needs an overhaul, an improvement. And Christian Eriksen's a, a lovely addition, but I'm not sure he he fits what's actually required right now. So um, we'll see. And, and look, this is a very tricky opening game against Brighton, in my opinion. A, a Brighton team who, yes, they've lost Basuma, which is a big, big blow. Um, Cucurella's on his way as well. Again, a big blow. But um, I don't know a huge amount about the young signings from Denmark and Paraguay, but what we do know from Brighton is they're a very smart football club run by very smart people. Uh, if you sort of had doubts about United's direction uh, in the long term, you, know, you can't have any doubts about Brighton. They know exactly what they're doing and how they're going to get there. So um, I'd always back Brighton to be well prepared and ready for a new season. But curiously too, they were very, very decent on the road last season, um, at least compared to the Amex. They lost four times on their travels last season. They held Liverpool and Chelsea away from home. They won at Arsenal and Spurs. Uh, they did lose at United, but they actually went off at four to one that day. And you look at the prices coming into this weekend, they're significantly bigger than they were that day. So the market's even saying United are much, much better or Brighton are much worse. Probably somewhere in between, um, but I still think that's probably a little bit harsh on Brighton. So, um, yeah, taking a step back, I think it's going to take time for United to, to gel and, and, and see the best of Ten Hag. So, I wouldn't be backing United at these prices this weekend. I think it's a bit of a banana skin. Um, Brighton began last season superbly well. Four wins from five, two defeats in their first 11 games. And actually, they had a six-game losing streak in mid-February to mid-March. 
taken out those six games, Brighton lost just five times in their other 32 Premier League matches, which is an astonishingly good record for a team of Brighton. Um, so, yeah, I'd be looking towards Brighton in some sort of way possible. You can get Brighton plus one on the Asian handicap at a, a nice price, just shy of 1.9. That sees United requiring to win by two goals or more to see the bet lose. Um, I'm sure they'll get there at some point, but at the moment I'm happy to sort of oppose United. Trader and tipster extraordinaire. Mark Stinch comes in the starting side for this one. Stinch, before you talk about the game itself, what's your overall feeling on how United might do under Ten Hag? Because there's no doubt he's a good coach, very bright, has very interesting ideas, but he's got a lot to cut through to make it work. Yeah, I think don't think any really drastic upturn to be honest considering the competition he's up against I mean Man City and Liverpool are, you know streets ahead uh, Chelsea they were the third best team last season and Tottenham have, have made strides under Antonio Conte so I would say a long way to to get into the the top four um, chances Arsenal could maybe overtake them as well this season while they go through the transition I think I think they can't really progress until they sort out the Ronaldo situation, to be honest. I don't really see how he fits in the in Ten Hag style of play. Um, he w- sounds like he wants to leave and um, Ten Hag saying that he's he's in his plans, but that, you know there might just be you know, media talk behind the scenes. He might not actually want him and I wouldn't be surprised because I just, yeah, I don't understand... Uh, you know, with Ronaldo, it's sort of ten, it's sort of ten players working to a plan, and then Ronaldo doing whatever he wants to do. Um, I don't. But really also, see everything's it. about him. The entire narrative is always going to be about him. If he starts, it's about how he's playing, what's his body language like towards Ten Hag. We've already seen loads of videos of that, uh, of the kind of brief on-screen chats they've had. Then, if he's not playing, it's all. He's dropped Ronaldo. Ronaldo's not going to play. So it's all always going to be about him. And they just, as legendary a player as he is and has been, a new coach just doesn't need that, does he? Yeah, I mean, I wrote down here yesterday, Ronaldo issues overshadowing potential positive upturn with new manager and new style. And then I read that the manager's complaining because he's uh, him and some of the other players have left a friendly early on. And it's just like, it's already begun. Like, yeah, Exactly. And and nobody's talking about Paul Pogba. I mean, what a huge miss he's going to be for United. Nobody's talking about that. Um, well, I the Pogba thing's interesting, Stinch, though, isn't I it? Mean, because I there's a great that. example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is a great example of a player that obviously for ages said that he wanted to leave and, and didn't, you know, ref- it didn't reflect well on him. It didn't reflect well on the club. But there was a world-class player there that they had for ages. And at no stage did they actually say, instead of making him what we want him to be, let's just treat him as what he is. He's a potential match winner who needs a midfield to be built around him to an extent. Never got to play in his preferred position on a regular basis. Yeah, I I mean, you'd have to ask a Man United fan probably because I don't follow them in depth every week. But I'm not sure they ever played 4-3-3, which in my mind is how you would get the best out of of a Paul Pogba. I mean, that's how I saw him at best for Juve Um, with France. um, They played that when they won the World Cup. They kind of played Matuidi on the left wing who could probably tuck in and help out, you know, Kante or whatever to give Pogba a license to go where he wants. So, yeah, I just think Man United still still a circus, essentially. Um, And it will there will be slight improvements because I don't think they could get any worse. Probably, but there'll still be a lot of volatility, I think, in their performances. And and I'm I'm with Mark. Same bet as as Mark. 
I mean, Man United are short up at uh, four, shorter than four to seven, and uh, in the last two seasons at home to Brighton, they've been eight to eleven, four to six. So yeah, I think just back in Brighton plus one is the way to go. It would have only lost in uh, three of United's last seventeen matches at Old Trafford. I think there's a lot of pressure when they play in front of their fans, and and that's uh, and that's resulted in uh, them not essentially blowing teams away. And we all know Brighton are very good at, at what they do with when they when they have the ball, don't convert as many chances as as maybe they should. Um, but yeah, even so, if they lose by one goal, you'd still get your money back. He's booted up the XG robots. He's ready to rumble. Jake Oskarthorpe's here from In for Goal. Jake, United, as we know, a total mess last season. I must admit, I thought Ralph Rangnick would go in there, be able to at least stabilise them, maybe get them playing in a better way, but it just didn't work at all. He seemed to be completely hamstrung by the fact he they knew he was leaving at the end of the season. And this is a really difficult opening game for them, isn't it? It really is, yeah. Um, just, I think I, I'm going to make it a hat trick. I've got the same bet down as, as the other two guys as well, because yeah, the 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 golfing class between this current Manchester United team and the Brighton team that we'll watch on on Sunday is not as great as what as what the current odds would suggest. Um, I mean, just for more context obviously we're talking last season and there's been a fair bit of change at United but we're still not massively high on them Brighton finished the season as the seventh best team based on expected points Manchester United finished ninth on expected points so based on the underlying data Brighton actually performed to a better level throughout the campaign than Manchester United did um, now if you just put those you know that underlying process in a vacuum and you, you gave one team home advantage in, in terms of Manchester United there's no way you'd come out at this kind of price for um, for a United win uh, against a you know Brighton team that are you know supremely well run off and on the pitch, um, you know the, it's it's really difficult for me to even understand why the United are so sure, just based off the fact that they've got a new manager in, they've moved on Pogba, and they've had a couple of decent pre-season results, um, and yeah, you know Brighton have lost a couple of key players. Obviously, Basuma uh, is is one of them that's left, but there's such. How a well- damaging is that, Jake? Because Basuma's made the move to Tottenham. How does that damage them? Do you think? Not massively. Um, I think that there's such a well-run club that they have a conveyor belt of replacements ready to go. Um, and you know, it's similar to what we talk about with Brentford. Um, it, you know, when they're in the Championship more than now they're in the Prem, they just selling players after player after player. They've got one lined up, and they just do the same thing again. That's exactly what Brighton. Are. Uh, are doing they, they sign these sort of players that people either have never heard of or pass over because they're not a very big name um, and they into in, implement them into a a detailed system that gets the best out of them and then they sell them for a profit I mean we see what what's happening with Cucurella at the minute and if, if the rooms are true and they're going to sell him for around 50 odd million quid like that's that's just incredible business from Brian to have, have bought him in for what was it about 10 12 million quid max to flip him for 50. Uh, you know that that ultimately sets them up to do the same thing for three, four times over uh, in the next couple of years if they need to. That's the that's the difference between Brighton and Manchester United at the minute is that Brighton are well run off the pitch and they have a plan in place. They have a contingent a contingency plan. I'm sure they'll have a, a short list of managers if Graham Potter is to leave um, that that would just come in and step straight into that that system that style. Um, and it just means you don't get that massive upheaval. And, and we've seen it with United over the last 10 years. They've had, what, four or five managers. And you've still got players there right now that were there when the first manager took over from 
uh, you know, post Ferguson. So, it, you know, that that just it's just no help to any any manager who walks into a job like that, and you've got four or five different um, managers players because everyone every manager has different styles, every manager has different systems, different things they want for players, and and ultimately United have got a mishmash of loads of different styles systems um, and until they clear the decks and give Ten Hag time to implement his own style his own system and, and actually do that throughout the entire club um, and yeah that's ultimately why a director of football is so important nowadays is because it just it means you have some level of continuity no matter who moves in and out you've got some level of things staying roughly the same and, and that's why Brighton will continue to succeed at this level is because even if Graham Potter is you know like Worst things to worst comes to worst. England have a really bad World Cup, and Graham Potter's the man who replaces Southgate. Brighton will have someone that can step in and do a very similar job to what Potter does, because the overall culture of the club doesn't change. Everything stays the same apart from the manager, um, and that's the same with the players. You know, Basuma leaves, Kukurea leaves. They've probably got a convey about the players, either someone on a, on a shortlist that they can go and sign, or someone already in the building that, that can step up and step in and do a, a, a as good job that they can then sell again. So, yeah. The, the, the chalk and cheese at the minute, these two clubs, which um, is, is baffling, obviously, given that one's one of the most um, sought-after clubs and one of the most financially rich clubs in the entire world. Um, and, and the other is sort of a, a small club just off the south coast. So, yeah, um, it, it just in, it, it, is, it is baffling to me how poorly run United have, have become. Um, and if they are to get back on the right track, they do need to give Ten Hag as much time as he needs you know they might have a couple of seasons we saw it with Arsenal where they completely missed out on European football altogether uh, under Arteta they might have one of those seasons this time around but they just got to stick with it uh, they can't pull the trigger because you're just going through the same cycle over and over again um, yeah and, and heading into this game I'm, I'm, fair, I'm more confident of what I'm going to see from Brighton than what I'm going to see from Manchester United I think they're more trustworthy um, in terms of what you're going to get you know exactly what they're going to do. They know, you know how they're going to play. They're not going to be scared of United. As Mark said, the results away from home last season against the big six were excellent. Um, and yeah, the same bet as the guys. I'm just I'm a really pro Brighton angle this time, uh, this weekend. Uh, patience certainly required from United fans. It's worth bearing in mind you can get a £5 free bet by staking a £5 bet builder on Manchester United against Brighton. T's and C's in the description, 18+. plus. See gamblerware.org. So as a squad, what would we be throwing in to a bet builder? I know Stinch has got one uh, that he's been thinking about, so I'll come to him in a moment. Mark, what would you throw in? Um... I don't have a specific bet builder, but I've got two potential options to be considered. Uh, one of which would be Leo Trossard to score or assist. He's 16-5. to five. Um, He may be playing left wing back here, which he did uh, last weekend in the friendly against Espanyol, which Brighton won 5-1. He scored a hat-trick and also provided an assist in that game as well. So four goal involvements. And if you look at his numbers over the last two to three years... He's averaging a goal or assist basically every three games, which suggests he should be around two to one, but it's actually 16 to five, um, which I think is a, a reasonable price. He occasionally takes the penalties and is on set pieces sometimes too for, for delivery, not just a, a shot at goal either. So that's something to consider. I just think the price is a little bit too big. Um, but also Paul Tierney is the referee here. Um, so, you know, he's a referee who averages close to four cards per game, which is always quite encouraging when you're looking for a, uh, a pro cards angle. Uh, I'm just trying to get the price. It's eight to thirteen on over three and a half cards, which isn't massively uh, convincing. But uh, as one uh, player to be carded, um, if things don't go United's way, um, Bruno Fernandez 
I think he picked up eight <laughs> yellows in the Premier League last season, most of which were for dissent. Um, he takes setbacks so well. He never <laughs> moans, Bruno. That's what stands out to me. <laughs> uh, sad, really, because he's a glorious player when he's in full flow, but he does let himself down with some pathetic antics on the field. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to find a price for him. Um, five uh, to two. Five to two. Uh, it's okay. It's nothing crazy. I'd probably prefer to take the, the overs on the cards rather than just kind of take a, a price on a player like that. But there's a few options which I'll throw into the mix. Stinch, what have you been thinking? Yeah, <clears throat> I quite like Mark's uh, Leandro Trossard uh, score assist. 16 to 5 is, is is very chunky when you consider some of the odds on offer for uh, for other players. For example, um, just having a look at the market here, um, Ronaldo's 4 to 6 in the same market. Um, Jaden Sancho, 11 to 10. Bruno Fernandes, 10 to 11. It's all right around the even money mark. And if Brighton are to, are to score... It's likely, as Mark kind of alluded to, he would he would play he play a key involvement. So I think sixteen to five is very good. Um, I'm just going to keep things fairly straightforward and go Brighton double chance, just based on everything we've spoke about before, because that's thirteen to ten. So I think that's that's pretty two pretty good selections there to kick things off. So we're chucking Trossard with a goal or an assist or Brighton and, and Brighton double chance. Chuck that in, Jake. What would you put into the mix there? Yeah, Stinch has stole my double chance, so um, I'll pivot and go for under three and a half goals. Uh, the way in which Brighton play, it's it's not usually conducive to goals because they are so well-drilled defensively. Um, last season, I think only only the top two had a better defensive process over the, the entire season than Brighton. So um, I'm, I know we're expecting Manchester United to be a bit more um, you know, convincing in, in attack this season under Ten Hag, but... Given it's early in the season, there could well still be some teething issues getting used to systems and tactics and styles. So, um, happy to oppose goals and, and you know, like, I think, uh, like I said, very pro Brighton. And I think if Brighton are to get a result, it won't be in, in a very high-scoring game. Manchester City are in rather better shape than United at the moment. All of the ten champions... to one, that Kev. Ten to one. There you go. So there is your bet build. Ten to one to keep an eye on there Manchester City as I mentioned in rather better shape although the champions lost to Liverpool in the community shield Jake City have got a tough opener at West Ham yeah they do and uh, I'm, I'm really excited for this game I think it could be an absolute cracker um, that, and that ultimately that's that's my angle is, is to back goals in this at over three on the Asian goal lines at 1.98 and that just screams just just too big Um you know, you only have to look at the raw results that West Ham had at home against the Big Six last season, um, and those six matches averaged three and a half goals per game. Was, there was a one nil in there somewhere as well, so that that brought the average down. But there's you know a couple, two three twos, a two two against Manchester City in the reverse game uh, in the in the game last season. Um, and when we look at West Ham in general, their overall process: one point five expected goals for, one point five expected goals against per game. So, chances at both ends is um, is the norm when 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 the Hammers play. And, and we've seen, as I said, that they're more than capable of creating against the better sides. And um, you know, you have to think about the the additions that they made in, in the in the forward areas, bringing in Skamaka can maybe enhance that even more. Um, and yeah, I, I think that we could be in for a bit of a treat on uh, on Sunday, um, goals wise. Anyway, you know, Manchester City. We don't really need to say much about them from an attacking standpoint. Um, they create chances at will, whoever they play against. Um, but they do have a bit of an Achilles heel when they play against West Ham. West Ham have got some really good results against them in recent years. Um, maybe it's just the style thing. Obviously, West Ham really very good at counter attacking. They're also very good at, um, at, you know, with that double pivot in midfield of, of shuffling and blocking passing lanes. 
um, and you know progressing the ball quickly through the likes of Declan Rice, whether that be dribbling or passing. So, yeah, I, I think that I think you know both teams to score appeal, but it's a little bit short for me. And I just thought taking over three goals. If there's exactly three goals, we get our money back. If there's four goals or more, we get a nice winner. Stinch, how do you see this one? Uh, yeah, goals as well, really. But um, kind of looking more at the uh, the match result. Basically, um, City are one to three, and we're but they're without Laporte, and I think. Uh, when the season Liverpool won the league, everybody just talks about the fact, oh, City are miles away because they haven't got Laporte. Um, and uh, yeah, I think they could be vulnerable at, at times. Uh, and this is this is perfect case. I mean, remember the back end of last season where where West Ham nearly did Liverpool a favour with the with that two two draw at the at the London Stadium. And um, yeah, if you look at this kind of the raw numbers. Um, in terms of the odds, so um, City, are, I say one to three to win. West Ham to score is four to six. If you kind of crudely combine them uh, in the in those two figures, you get six to five. If you back City to win and both teams to score, it comes out seventeen to ten. Um, now, the way I mentioned getting that six to five is not the way, right way to go about it, but it just gives you a, a guide that uh, you know one to three to seventeen to ten. In my mind, is quite a nice jump. You're essentially saying City to win, but they might concede a consolation. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it's a really nice bet considering the fact that there is no Laporte and West Ham have scored in the last four meetings with City, which I think is very impressive. I think don't have the I don't have the numbers to hand, but I think there would be won't be many teams out there that have scored in four games in a row against yeah. the, the greatest team in the world, essentially. So West Ham know they can get at at the City team. Um, they've added a bit more firepower with the signing of Skamaka to go to alleviate the the strain, I would say, on Antonio. Uh, Jared Bowen's coming off a fantastic season and he obviously scored in, in that fixture uh, in May, um, which is only a few games ago, essentially. So, yeah, I just think um, if you if you think City are going to win, and I think they will because other than Laporte, I don't, I don't think they've got any any huge absentees. So I think eventually they, they will win, but I do think they're vulnerable defensively. So I don't think it's a lot to suggest that City would win maybe 2-1, 3-1, 4-1, 4-2, something like that. And yeah, just going from 1-3 to three to 17-10, to 10, I think is is a very nice boost. This football season, you can get a helping hand with Betfair's popular Bet Builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description, 18 plus, see gambleaware.org. Now, Brentford no longer have the services of Christian Eriksen. They're looking to avoid a case of second season syndrome. Their opener is against Leicester, who've seen long serving keeper Kasper Schmeichel move to Nice, Mark, how do you see this one? Uh, yeah, really looking forward to this one. Um, a lot can change in football, as we know, particularly in, in a week. And I had some reasonable pre-season optimism surrounding Leicester, um, but that's been dwindling quite a lot in the last seven days, really. With, I mean, Schmeichel's sale doesn't really <laughs> impact those those thoughts, really. I think Daniel Everson is a quality young goalkeeper if he's given up an opportunity with the gloves um, to step up. But uh, more worryingly, just to hear about the the bids for Wesley Fofana, um, who we talked about so much about Leicester missing him last season. So to to see him potentially sold would be a big blow and, and James Madison as well. Um, so that is a concern if you're feeling positive about Leicester coming into the season, particularly with no incomings uh, on the agenda right now. Uh, Fofana might be available, might not. Um, he appears to be heading for the exit, um, or at least he's trying to. He removed Leicester from his Twitter bio. Uh, anyone who who likes that kind of stuff will never a good uh, sign. <laughs> yes, um, we know Chelsea are obviously interested in his qualities, and, and his departure would be enormous, really. So, 
Um, and as well, you know, don't want to read too much into pre-season games, but particularly uh, last time out, Leicester in their last game, uh, conceding goals from set pieces. Uh, where have we seen that before? So plenty of work to potentially do if Fafana is missing for this weekend. And that is a concern. So on the exchange, you can back over two and a half goals at 1.8 uh, in this match, which is you know, a regular haunt for us from Leicester matches over the last couple of years. It's a bet that's landed in 66% of their home games over the past two Premier League campaigns. They scored in 30 of those 38. Um, I expect them to score here. Um, obviously, plenty of firepower going forward, but Fafana would be a, a concern. Um, but yeah, I think Brentford should fancy their chances. Um, only City, Liverpool and Arsenal scored more set-piece goals in the Premier League last season than Everton. Obviously, Eriksen has gone, but I really like the additions of Hickey and Ben Mee and, and Lewis Potter as well. But they go to the KP without their first-choice defenders in Christopher Iyer and Ethan Pinnock as well. So they're missing key personnel defensively too. So, yeah, um, probably dampens the opportunity for a bit of an upset. But uh, I just think it increases the, the argument for a goals-based angle here. And, and look, Overs clipped in 13 of B's 19 away games last season. 12 of those saw BTTS land. They scored in 13 of those 19 and just kept two clean sheets on their travel. I think it's 16 without a clean sheet away from home in the Premier League now. Uh, and both of last season's meetings between the two teams ended 2-1 as well. So um, I believe in current circumstances, possibly in sort of October, November time, we wouldn't be getting 1.8 on over two and a half goals in, in this match. Well, that's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Plenty of coverage of the Premier League, the EFL and all of the major European leagues on our website, betting.betfair.com. From Mark, from Jake, from Stinch and from me, it's goodbye for now.